welcome to this Activated Podcast. My name is Nick Greenwood, Activated's Director. May your gospel motivation increase. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I can gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Philippians 3, 8-11 The alarm clock on my watch went off at a reasonable hour last week, set to help me get out of bed for a breakfast meeting with a friend. But as it seems to happen, without warning or reason, the gentle jingling of my watch alarm triggered a physical reaction in my body that left me laying in bed nearly 30 minutes until I stopped shaking uncontrollably. My vision for getting up, showering, getting dressed, having breakfast, and meeting a friend was challenged. It happened again this morning. The control I thought I had over the little things is gone, let alone the big dreams and visions I have for myself and the world. (laughs) Forget it. It's in these moments where I'm forced to remember and apply a grounding lesson God began to teach me several years ago while battling depression. As you may know, depression is a quiet killer of all hope, joy, and peace. It destroys motivation, passion, and vision. It's exhausting. And for me, it wrote all value out of everything. Nothing mattered. Why get out of bed? Why put clothes on? Why value the things I used to enjoy? Why talk to anyone? Why talk anymore at all? Words themselves have no value. What's the point of anything? Everything was analyzed and found meaningless. I've wondered if the wisest of wise King Solomon battled depression like I had when he wrote in Ecclesiastes 1 that everything is meaningless. All vision for my life and happiness had been tested and found meaningless in that depression season. Over the years, I've pursued many visions for the benefit of myself and others. As a 10-year-old, I had a vision for starting a roller hockey league in my neighborhood. In my late teens, my vision was for a wife. Early college had me pursuing rock star status. And then late college found me with a vision for reaching the rock stars. I've had vision for my family. I've had vision for worship teams, youth groups, and for every single neighborhood I've lived in. I probably have vision for you. And today I'd tell you that I have a vision for Activated to see Christ glorified in whole neighborhoods and networks of new disciples. I've never been short on vision. Uh, God wired me that way. He designed me to be a creative dreamer and architect of ministry structures so that God's people can do his work. Being a builder has been a fun ride, but in it, I've come face to face with my brokenness, cultivating a misplaced identity and idolatry. You've heard it before. The self-reflective life is an ongoing journey of peeling back the onion layers of our sin, baggage, and trauma, 
learning to submit it all to the Lord and trust him along the way. I attempt to do that. But in the pursuit of carrying out visions intended to bless and reach out to others, I unknowingly cultivated an idol in my life that God's been revealing over time, peeling back those layers even this morning. As a teammate of mine so succinctly says, we spend a lifetime training ourselves. Well, I've spent a lifetime training myself to idolize vision. An idol is anything we place above God. For years, I would have told you that I had no idols. All I wanted to do was serve God and share Christ with those who don't know him. I wanted to help an unbelieving world that is running away from a loving God encounter the grace of Jesus' death on the cross and the resurrection that breaks the power of sin in our lives. I wanted to share this good news with as many people as possible. How in the world could anyone peg me as an idolater? I was doing the Lord's work. But could it be that obedience to the mission of God for the sake of a beautiful outcome can be an idol? Can you obey your creator in a way that finds you missing the main point? Well, (laughs) my loving creator thought it time to retrain my vision. During that former depression season, he thought it time to begin giving me a new vision from an old hymn that I would need in this current desperate season I find myself in. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. I swim in a ministry world that proclaims beautiful future visions of God's work all over the world. Lives transformed, movements of the gospel taking place. I've been swept up by those outcomes as my deepest vision, my greatest motivators, the why, so to speak. Those outcomes have been the explicit whys offered to me by leaders and colleagues. And in turn, those are what I've offered others many times. In my humanity, I'm drawn to significant outcomes. And if we're obedient, we engage the mission our Savior called us toward that can produce those outcomes. Striving towards visions of beauty is not bad unless it lives in me as my truest motivation. And at times it has. I've succumbed to caring most about God's work, the outcome of it, and the strategies and efforts it takes to get there, all in his name, but missing the true capital V vision. I can prove this to you simply by telling you what I've spent my time doing and what I've communicated to others most. I've been a hype man for mobilization of missionaries, movements of the gospel, God's kingdom work. But there is an important difference between a vision that glorifies him and him is my vision. It's subtle, seductive, and strong. It matters because it influences what I focus on and what I proclaim and call people toward. Our vision should not be movements of the gospel or even intimacy with Jesus. I'm sorry, it can't be. I've discovered this in suffering. Our vision is him, he himself, the person of Jesus. Again, subtle, but seductive. Only when God's grace allows my physiology to be tested, leaving me physically and neurologically unable to participate in the work of the mission of God, have things gotten clearer. 
The idols of ministry outcomes that are my distractions are no longer options in my limitations and suffering. All I have is him, unable to work for him, perform, or produce any results. But I have him. I have his character, his promises, and his presence. I have his person. This isn't an invitation to navel-gazing, becoming too heavenly-minded to be any earthly good, as some say. This is the great hound of heaven, as C.S. Lewis quotes Francis Thompson, facilitating the game that he is in, the game he wants us to submit to, his game of hide-and-seek. He lovingly laughs at my offerings of grandiose vision and contribution and continues to invite my eyes to lock on his, but not for the sake of me contributing to the building of his kingdom, but for my sake. He's let me crash land so that I will lock eyes with him and stay in that place. How good he is to me. How sweet the suffering. I believe deeply that what you win people with is what you win them to. Jesus continues to win me with who he is, not his great commission calling on my life, not some picture of a preferred future. He's winning me to himself, not his work or the outcomes he'll possibly produce through me. And because of that, I now want to proclaim Jesus more than ever. That's the divine design. Who he is is tasty enough. Who he is is what glorifies his name in us and through us. And who he is is what wins people to himself. My concern moving forward is for others like myself. The ministry landscape is saturated with explicit calls to the mission of God, leaving the true vision implicit. We must trust that the person of Jesus is the vision, not counterfeit calls to beautiful outcomes. As I walk through suffering with him, Jesus is cultivating a genuine desire within me to truly pray, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. If we want to be and want to mobilize others to be champions of Jesus-glorifying Great Commission causes, I believe his design is that we give them him, not preferred futures. What you win them with is what you win them to. If we want them to give him away to others, our best effort lies in imparting him as the vision. He is our why, our deepest motivation, our deepest vision. As I wait for the run of neurological tests I'm taking to come back with possible answers to my challenges, I'm compelled to testify to you that the only place of true fulfillment in times of answers, struggle, or fruitfulness is found in who he is. I'm so thankful for the renewed vision of himself he's giving me as my truest outcome. May my eyes and affections be set on Jesus alone. May yours be as well.